Welcome to the Genealogy Gems Podcast, providing quick and innovative ways to make the absolute most out of your research time and creative ideas for sharing and displaying your family history. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Welcome to episode 38 of the Genealogy Gems Podcast. I'm recording this in the first week of 2008. We had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's, and my wish for you is that you and your family are also happy and healthy. Santa was very nice to me this year. I got a new digital camera in my stocking. My daughters were actually very happy about this because it means I'm not going to be borrowing their cameras anymore. Um, I had an old digital camera, but you could tell how old it was because it was about five inches thick, and it was really heavy. (laughs) And these new models are so tiny. It's amazing. And with one gig of memory, I think I will be very hard pressed to run out of room like I always did with the old camera, which I think held something like, I don't know, 10 high quality photos. (laughs) So now you really know how long ago I had gotten that camera. So I'm very happy with that. And best of all, my married daughter and her husband were able to join us as well as my uncle. And we ate lots of yummy food. We played lots of games. And this year's favorite games were Sequence and Dutch Blitz. And if you haven't played Dutch Blitz, you got to try it. It's a very fast-paced card game that I understand was created by Werner Ernst George Mueller. And he was a German immigrant from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. The game is supposed to be very popular amongst the Pennsylvania Amish and Dutch community. It's, It's a lot like playing Speed Solitaire with three other people all at the same time. It's a real blast, and it's something the whole family can play. So we had a great time with that, and I'll have some links for you in the show notes for this episode so that you can learn more about it, and you can even get a deck of your own if you want. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, the Genealogy Gems video about the history of the Christmas seal called How Your Ancestors Made a Difference is now being featured on the RootsTube channel at Roots Television. So I hope you took a few minutes out to enjoy this wonderful story. It was really fun to share my collection with you on video because I think the vintage artwork is so colorful and I think it really reflects the changing styles throughout the 20th century. And I emailed all of you Genealogy Gems newsletter subscribers right after Christmas to let you know that the newest installment of the Genealogy Gems news blog had been published And it features my New Year's resolution for 2008 to have even more genealogy fun. It features a new video of me disco dancing with my great-grandfather, Conover Burkett, whose face you'll recognize from the Genealogy Gems logo photo. Uh, I don't really think I can adequately describe this video, so you're just going to have to see it. Go to genealogygems.tv and click blog. And remember that you can actually subscribe to the blog itself, uh, which is separate from the podcast, so that you'll be alerted when any new items are published. If you're using iGoogle for your homepage, you can click the Google icon on the blog and add it to your iGoogle homepage, or you can also add it to Google Reader and look at it that way. And if you didn't get the email about this blog, it's because you haven't subscribed to the free Genealogy Gems newsletter yet. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Make one of your New Year's resolutions this year to not be left behind and sign up today. It's really fast. It's really easy. Go to genealogygems.tv and click the newsletter button. And you can subscribe from there by sending an email with your name, your state, or country, and how you heard about the podcast to Genealogy Gems newsletter at gmail.com. And I want to say a special hello to Tina, Melissa, Lee, Robert, Jody, and all the rest of you who are new subscribers to the newsletter in these last couple of weeks. I also noticed uh, this last week that Maureen Taylor had a great blog over the holiday about what to do with your Christmas cards when Christmas is over. And I love that she is encouraging us to practice what we preach by labeling and preserving our Christmas cards for future generations to understand and to enjoy. So I'll have a link to that blog in the show notes as well. So without further ado, let's go on to the mailbox.
Richard Yeale wrote in about Genealogy Gems episode 36, where I talked about the passport database at Ancestry and finding the back of the original form with the picture. And he gives some great examples of how sometimes there is even more to be discovered. He writes, I was just inputting some information from the Ancestry.com passport database for my grandfather, Casimir T. Yeal. He was an employee of Armour and Company of Chicago. He was employed in St. Joseph, Missouri, and did some time in Buenos Aires, Argentina between 1915 and 1920. So naturally, he had passport applications for himself, which included his wife and two minor children. In 1915 and 1920, the applications were simply the front and the back of the passport forms. However, the 1918 passport application came with lots more. I originally printed and saved the original front and back and then discovered that I had missed a bunch of other documents. I learned a number of things from these forms. The 1915 form told me that he lived from, for some time around 1915 in Sioux Falls, Iowa, which I didn't know. Each gave his title with Armour and Company in 1915 as foreman, and in 1918 as superintendent of stock killing. <laughs> Not a very PC title for today's standards. In 1918, the form was used different in that he had been in the Argentine for a couple of years and had returned home and was now asking to return for three more years. The applications were made in the U.S. District Court. What made 1918 so unique were the additional forms that were attached. For example, number one, a statement from the draft board that it was okay with the War Department that he leave the country. Number two, a statement on the United States Food Administration letterhead at Columbia, Missouri, signed by his parents that he was born on, on March 4th of 1881 in Maryville, Nodaway, Missouri. And the notary republic was a first cousin. And number three, a statement from Armour and Company stated that they are indeed sending Casimir and family to Argentina, in this case Rio Santiago, on business for their firm. In this, Casimir is identified as the superintendent of the cattle, hog, sheep, and calf killing department of our packing house and packing plant at the above named point. Also, on the left of this copy, there's a date, October 11th, 1873, in Jacksonville, Illinois, Morgan C., which is likely the naturalization point for his father, Lambert. I have yet to find the actual naturalization information from Morgan County, as apparently much of it was lost in a fire, but this at least gives me a more specific location and date to look for. Number four, a memorandum from the War Trade Board stating that all is satisfactory. It gives two locations in Argentina for the business. I only knew of La Plata, a suburb of Buenos Aires, before this. Finally, the picture attached to the 1915 application was a picture of him, which I hadn't seen before, and the 1918 and 1920 passports were pictures of the entire family, husband, wife, and two kids. Wow, that is really, really cool. Now, Richard's experience with the passports is such a great example of not just looking for what you expect to find, but looking for the unexpected. And he says that he watched the video about Christmas seals and wanted me to know that he too was a collector of Christmas seals. And that's what I love about the internet. You can think that you're the only one out there who finds something very interesting, but you mention it online and you come to find out that there are others around the country and world that share your interests very cool. Thank you for writing, Richard. Well, coming up next is a genealogy gem that I have really been looking forward to bringing to you. So here we go. Last week, I played a sound clip of four lovely women singing May You Always. They are the sisters and cousins of my next guests. Did you figure it out? Well, here's Lawrence Welk to provide the answer. The lovely Leonard sisters offer year-end wish to you folks and their many, many personal friends. The girls sing, May You Always. May you 
That was Diane, Peggy, Kathy, and Janet Lennon, known affectionately to the world as the Lennon Sisters. They debuted on the Lawrence Welk Show on Christmas Eve of 1955 and went on to appear every week for 13 years. They are the eldest of 12 siblings in the Lennon family and certainly not the only ones with musical talent. I recently had an opportunity to meet with their younger brothers, Pat and Kip, and first cousins, Michael and Mark, who musically merge as the group Venice. Why the name Venice? That name in itself is based in their family roots, because their grandfather settled in Venice, California in 1907. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Venice came to my attention a few months ago when I came across their song, The Family Tree, on YouTube.com. Now, I fell in love with it, and I told you about it a few weeks ago when I added the video to the Genealogy Gems website. But the more I heard the song, the more I wanted to get to know the voices behind it. I suspected there were great family stories there, and after meeting the guys, I can tell you it was much more than I ever expected. In December 2007, my husband Bill and I headed to Santa Barbara, California to meet up with the band at the Soho Music Club, where they were giving a Christmas concert. We were greeted by Michael Lennon's wife, Amber, who's an absolute doll, who is visibly proud of her hubby and the incredible music of Venice. She ushered us back to a little closet of a room behind the club's kitchen where we could chat with Michael, Pat, and Kip. Now, where was Mark? In the van, catching up on some much-needed sleep before the show. Ah, the life of rock stars. Well, no, I want to um, first just introduce the audience to um, maybe say your name and what role you have in the band so we can kind of connect names with voices. Okay. Um, I am Pat Lennon, and I'm... Um, guitarist and also background vocalist. And occasionally he's a lead vocalist. Occasionally. (laughs) I'm Kip Lennon. I'm one of the co-lead singers and songwriters. And I'm Michael Lennon. I play guitar, piano, and a couple other instruments and sing as well. And uh, I'm Kip and Pat's cousin and Mark, the other singer, is my brother. And Mark is a lead singer. Mark is another lead singer, yes. Okay, great. And so you guys are first cousins, right? Uh, you two are brothers, but you're... That's right. correct. The two Our sets of brothers, brothers are brothers. cousins. Your father was William? Yeah. Yes. So who was your father? Theodore. Theodore. Okay. Yeah, Ted, but Theodore's officially. Great. And we are backstage with a kitchen next door to us, so that's all the rattling yes. and dishes. It's all very, very authentic. Very yeah. exciting so celebrity so life. <laughs> it sounds so big. Very NPR. It does. That's right. Yeah. As you could hear... These guys were as nice as could be, and I was soon to find out that they were indeed very interested in their Lennon family history. Well, most people think of uh, genealogy as being kind of older folks and people who are retired and they're researching their family history, but one of my goals is to get young people really interested. Exactly, get them excited to understand that, you know, you've been. Your family maybe has been Americans way longer than you ever thought, and, right. and um, so I'm and trying to go a little outside the box. Right. <laughs> and we're also really curious because there's always little rumors that, like, his brother did a report once on our family, and we heard rumors of, you know, people always ask, are you related to Like, well, it did trace back to a certain point, and there is a weird coincidence, but... Yeah, like, our families are apparently from the same county, but no one's ever actually really officially done it. Yeah. We all keep hoping someone So we're kind of always curious. We've been curious about it anyway. Well, that's like, been a good place to start. How much yeah. do you know about the Lennon family tree? Well, call your, call your brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't know that much. We know that the name comes from Oleanane <clears throat> or something like o- that. Yeah, Oleanna and something. Something it's pronounced. I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced. It's probably Oleanna or something. And it came from Ireland originally. Right. And then it's the same county and everything where John Lennon's family came from, and they went to England and ours somehow ended up... They were both potato farmers or something, right? Yeah, like potato farmers. But really, that part's really vague as far as the John Lennon connection. Anyway, with the new technology and all the internet stuff now, I bet we can get a hell of a lot better. Well, if you guys are really nice to me during this interview, I'm going to give you what I've already done on your family. Oh! Oh, <laughs> I'm beginning to feel like I know the Lennons very well now. We have, earlier you were saying um, about how you wish more young people would get involved. Yes. And the truth is that I've started to realize, like I'm 47, and I'm, I'm realizing more and more 
know what? I should have asked my grandma more questions. I should have. Yeah. You know, and so that's why it is right to get the young people involved because by the time you're older, you can't ask your grandparents and your parents the stuff exactly. that, you, that you should have. Exactly. You know, and Don't that's the thing. Like, just even just my mom passed away a couple of years ago. And luckily, my my uh, older, one of my older sisters, Peggy, she actually filmed like an hour of my mom talking, just telling stories. What was it like when you moved to that house? And what was it like when you did it? And then what about your your grandpa? And what was he like? And so we have these DVDs that she made of my mom just sitting there, just talking. And, and that's it's like, wonderful. That's the stuff that I wish we had. And, our, and my kids, you know, at school right now, they constantly doing like, okay, now make a little doll of your ancestors new. And I'm kind of, I could take them to a point, but I was like. You know, we should really know more and look into it more. So, like, really, they're from Tahiti, and that's on my wife's side. Oh, exactly. You know, there's this whole other thing. So, it's, it's funny because we definitely uh, incredibly. We know some of the stuff pretty clearly, like that. Like our grandpa, um, when he came from Chicago, he's a newspaper man, and he came from Chicago to cover the San Francisco earthquake. Oh, right. Um, 1906. In 1906, that's when he met our grandma first time in San Francisco, I think. Interview her and she didn't speak any English at all. Oh wow! But he like fell in love with her and then she he was, was German. German. Oh, she yeah. was from Germany. She was a ballerina. She was touring. Oh. And then when the earthquake happened, she was in San Francisco. Wow. And he and he came out to to cover the earthquake. And then that's when he met our grandma because of the San Francisco earthquake. Isn't that, Isn't that wild? Weird? I mean, otherwise he wouldn't have been there. You're from Venice, California. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. And um. I think one of the interesting things is for many of my older listeners, they will recognize another famous singing group in your family, correct? correct? Right. Tell Even us who they are. Anyone who's younger than maybe 45 years old or 40 years old would not recognize the name of the Lennon sisters, but anyone older than that saw them on TV every Saturday night in the 1950s and 1960s, up into the 70s even, on the Lawrence Welk Show. Right. And they recorded albums, and they had paper dolls and coloring books, and they were in all the magazines, and, you know... They were America's sweetheart. Yeah, yes. they called them America's sweethearts. And so we grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters, and uh, our, the Lynn sisters are the four oldest of that group. So we grew up in that whole atmosphere of watching them on TV every Saturday night, and... and, uh, and uh, it's funny because really they learned their harmonies from our dads singing together, Michael's dad and our dad. Oh, really? Yeah, they were the original Lennon brothers, and they have tons of harmonies that they eventually taught to the Lennon sisters who became famous on television, but it's really like the same family harmony thing that's been handed down. So were they like a, a swing group? I would think that would yeah. be them in the 40s, right? Yeah, yeah. they did radio. And the Mills Brothers type. Oh, okay, yeah. great. And then I have a 78 vinyl, a red, really cool vinyl of them doing a couple songs, and we have old tapes of them, and they were on radio. Yeah. And yeah. Wonderful. Now, you said you have 11 brothers and sisters. Yeah, on, we do. Uh, Pat and Kip, right. and uh, Mark 13. and Michael, 13. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's huge. And, and we have, you know, other uncles and one aunt, and they all had kids as well. So seven, nine. Seven and nine yeah. and six, and so there's cousins, and now all those cousins... Virtually all of them are married now and have kids of their own. So wow. there's hundred, there really are hundreds of us. I mean, we don't even know the names of some of our cousins now because <laughs> their their kids have had kids, and it's like you know, oh yeah, they're on they're on Uncle Pat's side of the family. Oh, they're you know, literally, there's just too many of us to keep track of, kind of now. Well, that works out well. If for some reason you have a, a, a bad night, people don't show the show, you just call the cousins and then they fill up. The <laughs> we know one funny thing that happened with like family tree type thing is we got a call. There's a radio station called KU, I mean, a, a TV station called KUSI in San Diego. Okay. And um, over the years, we occasionally go, they have like a morning show, kind of like KTLA Morning News, where they'll have whoever has a record out or whoever's in town will come in in the morning and do a little acoustic song or whatever on the news. Right. And uh, so we've been on that show a few times, and we got a call from the station saying, our, um, our anchor woman now is this woman, her, I forget what her first name is. I don't remember. Something either. Lennon, anyway. Oh. And she, she swears that she's related to you guys. And we're like, all right, this is great. So we go down, and we meet her, and we're thinking she's going to say we might be related or something. And she had a picture of our family, our grandfather's... Our great-grandfather was a judge who lived in the Midwest, in Minnesota, I think, or... Yes. Wisconsin. She Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> and, and the judge had a ton of kids. Yes. And her great-grandfather was one of those kids. Oh and so gosh. she had a whole other, and she starts telling us about Lennons that live in Redondo Beach and all the way down south in San Diego and everything. All these other Lennons that we've never even Everywhere. met. Everywhere. Oh yeah. my gosh. And, and we were very similar. I mean, we were even just talking with her, and we realized, wow, she's not even, she's the same generation as us. Mm -hmm. away, I mean, we're exactly, you know. And yet there's so many, you feel more distant. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. So it's really interesting. Oh, wow.
It's a small world, isn't it? Well, as I said, I first became aware of Venice when I heard the song Family Tree, which debuted in 1999 on the band's album entitled Spin Art. Branches in the wind Still standing here together One more storm to weather We'll get through it yet So we're gathered here Holding on to each other To let go of another one We won't forget Now as we say goodbye To one of our own We may be lonely But we're not alone Though the And the tears will flow May it always comfort us to know The family tree will always grow Down to son, mother to daughter, thicker than water, we are made of this. From the earth we rise to the earth returning, we'll keep a candle burning. Michael had the idea um, musically, mm-hmm. and he wrote the whole thing, even the melody, um, with a, with this like tuning that he had. That he the intro is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and he said we sat down, and he at, like in the patio at my house, and he was saying, "I want this song to feel kind of the way Danny Boy feels, the way people feel when you hear a song like that, and you just feel like you're gathering together with people mm-hmm. you care about and some emotion." Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, when I, we were in. Uh, where was it? North Carolina? Is that yeah. where we went? And you were staying. And I was in a Motel Six or some horrible hotel, and I was just playing my guitar and writing the music, sort of, and coming up with this guitar part, and then humming this melody. And it literally, I was crying because I was just having this feeling of like. And that's when I told Kip, I go, it has to be something yeah. that's heavy like that. Like it has right. to go like deep. You know, we something. You got to help me find something to match the so what it does to me emotionally. Right. So first we tried a few ideas that, and we tried. Uh, a friend of ours kind of helped us, and it wasn't clicking. And then we were sitting on the patio, and, I, and then all of a sudden I thought of the family tree, and, and we still didn't have the lyrics, but it was like, oh, now that's an idea. We were losing an uncle at the time. Yeah, actually. our uncle, and, and then and then all the metaphors started to pop into our heads, you know, right. like about the leaves falling and the roots still growing, and how even though we lose some leaves, we have strong or strong and blah blah blah, and. Uh, not blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more sentimental. So it was a but really interesting that, process. But there's that there's this line about um, oh, even though we lose one of our own, and I thought perhaps yeah. maybe there was. You know, well, yeah, there was an uncle there that we were in, it was, we were about to lose, right. and uh, 
So it was kind of like it was bringing up all those feelings, but it was a really interesting way to... Got, after we came up with the basic skeleton of it, we wanted to fill it out with all the lyrics, and, and we got in a room with um, Michael's brother, Mark, my cousin Mark, mm-hmm. and, and a Vester. friend of ours named John Vester, who's a great songwriter, too. And then we literally would go line by line and say, okay, no, that's not good enough. It has to break your heart. Yeah. Every line has to break your heart. And if, and if it wasn't... And if or, it may, or make you cry in a positive way, in, yeah, in yeah. a beautiful yeah. way, not necessarily yeah. right, but... Even in the, yeah. Yeah, joyful break your heart. Because it ends in such a hopeful note. Yeah, and it is hopeful. I mean, it's... And and when we introduce it, you know, I usually say it's it's a tribute to those that have passed on in our family, but it's also a song of hope. For the children just being born into our family, so yeah. right. it's not yeah. just you know about who's dying. It's, you know, right. it's about what continues to live and grow and everything. And so, literally, it was what we were going through, and it just took on a life of its own after we yeah. after we recorded it and started doing it. You know, in Europe and and here, it was just amazing how many people were identifying with those feelings. You know, and you know, we not that we thought it was unique to our family, but we certainly come from a huge family and we all right. really love each other a lot and we have, you know, music and everything. It was kind else. of our, our thing that we wrote for ourselves and for our emotions and for our feelings and it turned into like this, you know, universal yeah. reading card, universal <laughs> reading card that everyone relates to because everyone loses someone and everyone has younger kids growing up in that same family. Not everyone, but most people that you know that hope as well and that we started getting we started getting recordings sent to families or people singing it for us and giving us a copy of it and recording our song in their own way you know so many people everywhere that wherever we go come up and say we usually stay after a show and autograph or or say hello to the fans Mm -hmm. and they'll come up and say you you know we just used family tree our father died or our cousin or whatever it is but invariably every show someone will come up we used the family tree the other day for a memorial. Or yeah. mm-hmm. It's just amazing. It's such my a son was yeah. born, and yeah. when my wife was having the baby, we played your, your family, family tree, tree I mean, while the baby was born. I mean, so. try to picture how honored you feel when somebody says that. There's really no words for it. You just go, yeah. thank you? I mean, you just don't even yeah. know how to. You just, you just say, that's awesome. But, you know, you know how music can be so important to your life and to think that our music is like that halfway across the world yeah and especially when it comes to family and stuff which means so much to us that it's really like this weird magic that happens and now like when we do family tree especially in Europe when we play like in Holland and stuff I mean we'll we'll just stop and we'll let them sing Sing along the whole song. Yeah, we just walk to the front of the stage and we stop and I just play the guitar part and they're just singing every I mean the whole place and we've yeah. had people sing it in different dialects to us. And, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and, uh, we got a certificate from yeah. the town of Inchkede in Holland. And yeah. the, the town choir did a Dutch version of it and performed it for us. And the mayor gave us a certificate. <laughs> and they, they have a, there's a park, there's a horrible firework disaster in Inchkede, Inch Holland. Where a firework factory blew up, people wiped down a whole city block, yeah. and the firemen that went in to help people, a lot of them died. They used the song at the funeral that was on TV and everything. And and then they took that whole block that got wiped out and made a park in the city, a whole park. They planted a tree, the family tree, in honor of Venice, who this song really helped the healing of the whole city. Oh, so we were amazing. just, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a tree there. You can sell as many records. Like, okay, I've succeeded in some weird way, you know. And right after the tragedy happened, they invited a bunch of artists, all Dutch artists, to sing at this huge concert, like 20,000 people out of the field, you know. And we were the only non-Dutch people they invited. And when we did Family Tree, there, everyone lit up, lit the lighters, and they all sang. And ever since then, every every time we go back, they you know we meet like you know the public officials, and they bring us their soccer jerseys. And we've become because of that song, mm-hmm. yeah. because of that kind of thing. I believe it because just in doing this podcast, you know, where I start out with, you know, I saw the first twenty people log on and subscribe to it, and yeah. then all of a sudden it just took off, and you realize, like Pat, what you're saying, what a universal yeah. theme it is, and. Um, it's such an honor when, when I realize somebody emails me and says, you know, oh, I found them because of you. And I go, oh, you know, and, and I'm sure. Man. I mean, you guys man. have such a taste of being a part of people's lives in yeah. such a, mm-hmm. a touching way. Yeah. You know, because in the end, when we're on our deathbed, it's all going to be just who our, who our family is anyway. Yeah, right? exactly. So, and and we, have, you know, we have lots of sort of amateur archivists in our family you know we know in each family like which sister is the one that you go to if you want more pictures and who has whatever and so we all are like interested in this stuff anyway we just haven't gotten off our butts and done it ourselves right. you know and, well uh, certainly the Lennons have 
you know, an amazing amount of I mean, joy. You can just tell and when you see the Lennon sisters together, when I've seen you guys working, I mean, mm. obviously, obviously just working together, you must like each other, I assume. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but you've had your share of tragedy. In your, yeah, would you mind sharing that with our listeners just because I think, you know, everybody is, particularly I think during the holiday season, remembering some of those sad times. And yeah. that ultimately your family is such a, a message of hope. That I would love it if you would tell us. It's funny that you should say that word because in our in our DVD, in fact, during interviews and stuff, we kind of stumbled on that theme where we we realized that even in our saddest song, there's always this little line at the end or somewhere in there that's saying, "But what if you know?" Or maybe someday, you know. And that's and that isn't just Venice. That's the Lennon family. And some of the songs are very dark too, but there's always a little glimmer of hope. Mm -hmm. I could feel that. Yeah, shining out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the tragedy you're talking about, I think, mostly was um, back in the 1960s, in 1969, uh, in kind of the Manson murders in Woodstock, uh, August of 69. um, Our dad was killed by a, a fan, a crazy, deranged, mental patient kind of fan of the Lennon sisters who thought. He was married to one of our sisters, and uh, he had been sending us letters for years and breaking out of institutions, and, and he was wanted by the FBI even because he was threatening the president. It was just like this, you know, fame, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things, you know. And my sisters, you know, really um, were in the living rooms of a lot of people for so many years when there weren't that many channels, so that was they were even that's that much more famous, you know. Yeah. Right. And uh, so people felt like they knew them, or and depending on who had, you know, a screw loose, they really, you know. It's just the sad part. So we went through that tragedy in 1969. I mean, I was nine years old at the time. And uh, so, and because we're such a big family, there's been lots of tragedies over the years, just different things. Like my mom, we we lost, we actually, there'd be 12 of us, but we had a um, sister Mary who was younger than Pat, would have been two years years younger than Pat, that got hit by a car when she was 16 months in front of our house. And uh, and their family has lost uh, a niece and uh, uh, murdered. Uh, and our oldest cousin, Michael Lennon, my kind of my namesake, which was the oldest cousin of our generation, of us, yeah. died of AIDS. And uh, he was he lived in San Francisco and just like was one of everyone's favorite, yeah. you know, cousins in the family. Just such a leader and such a right. an amazing person. Amazing guy. And we lost him to AIDS, and uh, so smiles and cheerful and there's this yeah. hopeful thing in the music and everything but they, they I just don't think they you know they don't understand there's a lot of tragedy that that nobody goes along with it. that yeah. nobody yeah. does yeah. Exactly. and we're the same I mean we you know we've had some horrific things happen in the family you know? but if you but if you look at it just at the sheer numbers there's so many of us we're bound to have bad exactly. things happen too you yeah. know because it's obviously you yeah, know a lot of good exactly. and some bad but yeah exactly but it's interesting all those things that have happened to us we've written songs about every single one of them yeah. maybe even two or three songs about you know really? my dad dying or you know us losing um, our cousin Michael and stuff like that we've written songs about those that end up being really important songs to us and they're like building blocks to you know, the next phase of okay here's how I accept that and here's how we have clever you know Shot of whiskey and a pat on the back 
On your website, it says that your grandparents came to Venice around 1917. Yeah. There's a lot of Lenin still in Venice, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Is that where you guys all still live? Um, very nearby. We live in Mar Vista, which is just the yeah. one light signal away. It kills us. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Because everyone's like, do you live in Venice? I'm like, well, sort of. <laughs> We're like, there's one street between us and Literally. the zip code. I, I mean, can spit in Venice. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But Mark, but Mark uh, Michael's brother, our cousin Mark, lives in the house that they grew up in in Venice. So Mark's still yeah. in Venice. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that they That's built great. from, that was a vacant lot my dad used to play football on. Got out of the service. Yeah, he got one of those GI bills or whatever. From yeah, the right. And built a house on the vacant lot of his good friend who owned the vacant lot next door. And yeah, so Mark's still there, so that's pretty pretty that's great. deep roots. Well, it's interesting because um, I know that your your dad William was the son of your dad William. Yes, was the son of Herbert and Theodore was as well. Correct. I don't know if you're from aware, but I was fascinated in learning the story of Herbert because um, 
when I found him in the census, I think he was born like in 1876 or something, um, by 1880, his father had died. So he was living alone with his mother, Minnie. Yeah. And yeah. His father, father died, died really very young. young. Very young. He had a heart now, what attack. was his name? Because he's the only one and I um, couldn't put a name. Or William? John. It was John, I think. John. Okay. I, I think it was John. Uh, I could call my sister and she could tell us. Did right you now. know how he died? No, and that's now, one of the things I wondered know, if you know. As far as we know, now Kathy could tell us better. Kathy of the Lancers, yes. she's our archivist of our family. Okay. She's got to talk to And uh, you've got to talk to him because yeah. she's, she'll oh, go for days. And you'll love her. You'll love <laughs> great. Her. Or Peggy, uh, even. This yeah. Great. I mean, either one of them. Um, as far as kind of um, picnic where they do those like old, old, old school, old world. Like um, lifting of lifting barrels and things like oh, that. Yeah. Throwing poles and weird right. stuff. Like oh, that. paper toss. Yeah, paper? that kind yeah. of thing. And he was doing one of those contests. <laughs> he was lifting a big barrel or something and he died of a heart attack. He had been in his 30s. And his, yeah, his early time. 30s. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So all of us came from this guy who died in his That's early 30s. That I see, Minnie, you know, and she's got this little boy with her and she's living with her it's husband. So weird. It's so weird to be talking to I know. Strange. <laughs> right. And knows at, our past. Yeah. These are things like I hear my parents say, and you're great. They're little <laughs> mini, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah, mini, that's, that's so Ama, great. Right? That's Such Ama. a small world when you're really. Mini is Ama. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I believe so. But when you talk I about. I remember Ama. Okay. When yeah. you talk about the hundreds of days, it was so close to none of you. Yes, correct. Right. Because it was just Herbert. One so person. he came Herbert, from yeah. this huge funnel that funneled down to Herbert yeah, and could have disappeared. That. Right. And the funnel has filled back in the other direction. Yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. that's what floors me about looking yeah. at the family. Yeah. And all of the um, the arts and the musical talent. I went through some of the newspapers um, back in Appleton. And even though maybe that wasn't their profession, they were still performing in plays and they were yeah. singing and they... So, so it still runs which through. Which is the case oh, yeah. with our family, uh, too. Is that not right? Not everybody are, you know, not all are professional. Right. But everybody, but everybody can yeah. sing. Everybody plays an instrument. Almost everybody. Almost, yeah. And here's, a, here's an and interesting... I don't know. Uncle yeah. Jimmy is uh-huh. a very oh. important one. Well, and Uncle Jimmy, you know, did you, you find out about him? The announcer, the famous boxing Bill and Ted's no. brother. Yeah, oh, our, okay. our Uncle Jim. Okay. I didn't look into the um, sidelines. Okay. Our oh, Uncle okay. Jim is cons- really considered the most famous boxing announcer ever. I mean, back in the 50s and 60s, he did... In, in this corner, we <laughs> boxing fans! Like that kind of voice. You know, he's in like... The Rocky movie. Rocky movies, movie. Raging Bull. He's in all wow. those movies. He's the old oh, white-haired, wow. skinny old man. All of our gr- all parents and grandparents yeah. would have been listening to him on the radio. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy Lennon Jr. He's our age. Yeah, he's around like, our age. Yeah. He does all the boxing matches for Mike Tyson. And so he took over for him, Jamie Lennon Jr., but they are two of the most famous, like all the Don King fights, everything. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I fly all over that. the world, yeah. the Mike Tyson fights, Jamie did those. Yeah. I mean, right. That's cool. Didn't I tell you this family was fascinating? Now, just to recap their family tree, all the guys are the grandchildren of Herbert Lennon, who was born in Wisconsin. And his father died in his 30s from a heart attack at a community picnic just before the turn of the century. Herbert was raised by his mother, Minnie, under the roof of his paternal grandparents, James and Kate Lennon. Now, Judge James Lennon of Appleton, Wisconsin, was born in Ireland in 1840, and he immigrated in 1849 to America with his parents, James and Mary Lennon. James and Mary would be the great, great, great grandparents of Venice and the Lennon sisters. It was a lot of fun for me to research their family, and even better to be able to talk about it with them. Well, uh, yeah, James. Okay, so you went, so James. James was the one who came, uh, I guess, during the potato famine. You know, there was absolutely nothing to eat. From Ireland. From Ireland. So the judge's dad was from Ireland. His father was also James in 96, and that's as far back as I got. Wow. Um, but I have their wives. And is there a way to go back further? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, there are even folks who do genealogy podcasts just about Irish genealogy. I think I may have gotten the guys hooked on delving further into their family tree. The podcast I was just referring to you is the Irish Roots Cafe podcast. And I will have a link to that show in the show notes for episode 38 so that you can take a listen if you happen to have Irish ancestors. By now, the guys were really on a roll, and you're about to learn about another intriguing Lennon connection, this one with the William Randolph Hearst family that Kathy Lennon has looked into. The thing that's funny about Kathy is, like, she also gave me, she gave me these pictures. Our, our, our grandma, on my mom's side, 
her sister was married to one of the William, William Randolph Hearst family. Like to yeah. William Randolph Hearst's son, George, was married to our great aunt Sally. Oh, wow. So we have pictures of our grandma standing in the pool Back like as a guest. Before it was when it was the party place and they would fly they would fly in and land right near the, the castle. And then they after they would party at the castle for a couple of days they'd fly to their ranchero their ranch at in Paso Robles. Oh, <laughs> and wow. they'd have big huge like um, like barbecues and they'd have the the Mexican rent the, the like cowboys, Mexican cowboys yeah. would come up and greet them from the from the airplane and take them in and they'd be starting yeah. this huge party there. Well, well tell us because um, I know you guys have to get ready for your show and everything. This is um, more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather do this. Um, <laughs> when did you first start together? Well, Michael and I were in high school. We were playing high school dances together, like in 77, 78. Oh, wow. 78. Yeah. It was like, no, 77, because I was still a junior in high school. And we were playing like up at Sunset Strip and and then going to school in the morning, like playing till three in the morning, wrapping up courts and going home. Well, that sounds like the Lennon sisters, weren't they? And still in school practically when they first started? Yeah, Janet was only nine. Nine years old. And my cousin, my brother Mark, who's down Mm -hmm. resting before the show in the van. Um, he was like 14, 15 years old when we were playing on Sunset Strip and he could come down the from the backstage down the staircase onto the stage we could do our set but then he had to go back up the stairs wasn't allowed bar he, he couldn't be in the club <laughs> and here he's 15 years old you know and we're playing like Sunset Strip you know yeah, oh we got goodness. a quick education I bet it's pretty funny I bet but, uh, so, so I'm, I'm the newest member I, I joined in 1980 Oh, yes. <laughs> so he's the new guy. So I'm the new guy. Have you, has he uh, fully fit in yet, or are you still working on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you must have other musicians that play with you sometimes? Yeah, I'm there's assuming. a guy named Mark Harris who's been with us the longest. He's got 12 kids in his family. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, um, Is that a prerequisite Iowa. for being in the band? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sure helps, though, honestly, because... Roadies, people right? Are, well, no, 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 but people always ask us... You know, how do you guys, you know, we hear about all these brothers that get in fights if they're in bands together. We don't know about that and whatever. There's other, there's other family dynamics in the world, obviously, and maybe they come from smaller families. But at least with us, growing up the way we all grew up, it's like a training ground for being in a band and traveling together, honestly. Because you go on vacations together and you're all in one car. You make decis- family decisions that you have to, you know, if you rock the boat, then you're the jerk and you're ruining it for everybody else. You know what I mean? So you learn to accept party rules without rocking the boat too much. And, you know, you learn to laugh at, at when you get a flat tire on vacation and you learn to laugh at it or, you know, depending on what family you're in, you kick the car or you laugh at it like we all do, like our right. dads did. So consequently, it prepared us. We didn't know, but it prepared us perfectly to be in bands and show up late for radio stations because we got a flat tire or, you know, have this jerky guy that we met and we just laughed yeah. to laugh. Some of them were done, like where no one's there and the radio station promotes it but they didn't do it or there was a mix-up. <laughs> They've become some of the highlights of our career as far as the funniest days because it gets yeah. so bad and so horrible that it just turns into like the, the gut-wrenching laughter. Yeah. You guys all just start wink-winking each other. Yeah, it's yeah. like, this is unbelievable. This could get any worse. Ha, ha, ha. In fact, one time we were doing a show in, in Georgia. We were... It was horrible. It was just, there was nobody there to see us. The radio, it was one of those times. The radio station was supposed to promote, promote oh. it, and they didn't. And there we were at this bar, and people were waiting for the band, the cover band that was going on after us. And we're just about to go on, and we're like, let's just, let's just get this over with a kind of laughing. And up, it's a sports bar. Up on the big screen comes our cousin Jimmy Lennon Jr. announcing a boxing match right then. Oh his face is God. all around the bar, and we're just laughing. <laughs> like, this is so surreal, you know? Oh and, and in fact, just the other night, uh, like this past week we did a show in, in Eindhoven is a, a city in, in Holland and we were doing this song called My Adobe Hacienda which is a um, a song that our dads sang together an old song old old song I think it might have been a Mills Brothers song but I won't you'll hear it tonight oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, there, here's all these people on the other side of the world that are going in my Adobe <laughs> like we all know this little obscure song and how proud our dads would be of that you know as a lot of you have heard before I've, I've talked about how big our families are. Uh, my brother Pat and I, we have 11 brothers and sisters in our family. And uh, yes, we do. And our cousins Mark and Michael have 13 brothers and sisters in their family. This is the part of the show where you clap for our parents. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we thought we'd do something special tonight and uh, we want to pay a little tribute to our musical influences in our family, uh, particularly right now, our dads. They, our fathers were brothers. 
and they sang together in a, in a swing vocal group. <laughs> Imagine. In a swing vocal group, they sang in the 1940s and 1950s, and they sang with their brothers, and they were called the Lennon Brothers. And uh, they used to play uh, swing music. Let me, let's play you a little example of the kind of music they used to play. I think we have it here. Now here's a song that they used to sing. They used to sing at, you know, family Christmas parties and birthday parties and all the time when we were growing up. So uh, this is one of the songs they used to do. Our, our dad would have us sing harmonies. Yeah. He'd put on the radio, and he'd give us all harmonies, and then in the middle of the song he'd say, all right, everybody switch. So everybody would learn harmony by oh, doing that. Yeah. And we'd have like 10-part harmony going on <laughs> in the car. Smart dad, keeping yeah. you guys We were all pretty good. They didn't yeah, have uh, DVD, portable DVD players no, to keep right. the kids No, 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 just the radio. It'd be yeah. like games. <laughs> I remember dad, dad, dad was so weird. Our dad, all of our dads were so funny and weird and... And he used to, when it was raining and the windshield wipers were going, he'd drive my mom nuts because he'd have to find a song on the radio that went perfectly with it. <laughs> and she'd go, Bill, you're driving me nuts. And he would just go, no, one more, i got to find it, i got to find it. And just keep pushing that button and going, you know, we'd all go, oh, it's almost, almost. Oh, that's funny. Music humor and you sports have have are kind of like, right? our, that's our family, you know. Our mom died, and we had Kip and I had just been back there to visit her because she was in Branson, Missouri, where the one and sisters were born. So we went, and when she died, we had been there, sat with her, and talked with her, and we were able to make our peace in a sense because we didn't think that she was dying. So we came home, and within I think a week or two, she died. We had a tour to do. We had to leave like two days after she died. But they called us from there, all of our brothers and sisters. And we eventually and did said, a and said, there's no problem. We understand you were just here with her, and we'll have a, a remembrance, a, a gathering. Yeah, we were on the fence whether to cancel the tour or, you know. Right. Yeah. And they said, no, go do your tour. We had a pretty good tour like that, month or something. But our first show that we were doing, and the four of us hadn't sung Family Tree since mom died. So it was only four days since she, since and she had died. It's our first Mother's Day without our mother. And so we, we're, we we're on stage and we do family trips. And we're in Amsterdam of all places. We didn't have so to go need drive them to somewhere. Fill in the so we're in Amsterdam at the most beautiful theater there. It's called the Carré Theater. Beautiful theater. And the crowd it, right? Yeah, no, well, we told them. We just, our mom just died and the yeah. sis just died. And he said, so please help us to sing this. Well, we started. We started. And we, and we couldn't. We couldn't, couldn't sing it. Because every word was they written took how over, we feel about our parents. They took right. over the whole, it was, it was the, you know, um, Royal Opera House. Right. Yeah. They took over the whole theater. 
Singing it to us the whole song. The whole song. Mike is just barely. crying. We're just singing. We weren't even pretending to try and sing it because right. at that point it, it was so sweet that they would do that. And again, it's tying in with that universal feeling about family and everything else that we just stood there and let them sing the whole song for us. They just wrapped their arms yeah. around you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and we, it was, yeah, it was almost nice. impossible to go on for show after we were trying to do other songs. And then it was like, okay, oh, this next song is, you know, it was just too much, you know. Oh, it was what a feeling. I mean, it was, it was so weird, yeah. you know. That's amazing. Well, yeah. and in, some, in many ways, of course, Sis was the one who created all of you to be able yeah. to sing that song to bring them to come exactly. together. I mean, it's just all. And, and in the second verse, you're saying father down to son, mother to daughter, and all that. Is there any chance you're going to sing Bella Tree? No. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, of course. That's like. Uh, I've driven all the way from. I'll crucify us if we leave her without yeah. doing Okay. Yeah, that's like Good. our. It's like our my way kind of. I mean, you know, it's our. It's our song that. Yeah. It's become our anthem. Yeah. And Michael, you kind of said, you know, it's almost like you're Danny Boy, and I couldn't put my finger on it. That is just so that, perfect. That's exactly. It is that. Oh, this song is going to be forever. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some songs, and you know it, and you hear it, and yeah. right. It, that's, that's why it's frustrating to, to us because we, with all humility, we, yeah. we wish more people. We wish it was part of a movie soundtrack or something where more people yeah. could hear it because yeah. not just because we want to be famous and rich, but because it really deserves to be out there. It does. Yeah. One of the things that's amazed me about doing this podcast is that you reach out and meet people that you would just never reach, probably somewhat the same way. I don't always get to see them face to face like you do, but. Um, I'm always looking for things that somehow resonate with what I'm trying to communicate yeah. to the yeah. listeners and I'm trying to help them be excited, find out who these right. people were and how much they meant. And yeah. it's amazing, like one little bit of information about an ancestor that triggers you, like, wow, maybe I could do that thing I didn't think I could do. My uncle used to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like, you hear that my uncle was like the mayor of the city. He's like, maybe I am kind of a leader. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I'm one of those ones that, you know, has the ability. I saw how old James was when he came over. And I'm thinking, and I think he brought the family in two groups. They didn't all, probably couldn't afford to bring them all together. And, I mean, you know, because they were so desperate. And the courage to get on a ship down the hall, and yeah. it's, we're talking 8, 10, 12 weeks, and they had, he had little ones. Um, you know, can you imagine, I don't know how old your children are, but can you imagine having to calm a six-year-old? <laughs> or somebody carrying the baby, I just, um, so when I saw James, and I saw when, when he came across, I could just picture him. With all those kids. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? And then when you stop and think, I mean, even though we're having this conversation, you really stop and you think, we are made out of that. I mean, we, yes. that's really our guy that really did that. And here we are sitting here in Santa Barbara, California, it's talking amazing. to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's podcast and particularly our visit with the band Venice. I think that you'll agree that the Family Tree song is awesome, and I plan on using it a lot more in the future here on the podcast. And I really recommend that you use the links in the show notes and go check out some of their albums because they have an amazing sound. I mean, sometimes I think that Kip kind of sounds like... um, Paul Simon, or he's been referred to uh, in the likes of Jackson Brown, and I I know that they're heavily influenced with the whole West Coast sound, Um, but the music is fantastic, and I swear, as I was going through iTunes and I was listening to the clips from the various songs of the different albums, I couldn't find one that I didn't like. (laughs) I mean, they were all so catchy, so heartfelt, and uh, the harmonies are fantastic. There is nothing like a family harmony to bring out the best in music. So I know you're going to enjoy them. I hope that they will inspire you, not just through the music, but through their stories and through their enthusiasm for their own family history. They're an amazing bunch. And um, I just hope that you really enjoyed this little visit with them. So check them out and you'll be hearing more from them in this podcast in weeks to come. Well, we've come to the close of another episode. I am so glad you joined me. Happy New Year to you all. We're going to have a great year full of genealogy gems ahead of us. So for now, take care, friend, and I will talk to you soon.